founding partner. So, Jack, uh, have you had to spend some time uh, digging up your uh, background in the Chinese real estate developer market? What happens if you're an economist that doesn't have a specific insight into that? Uh, are we just uh, up here for grabs on what happens or what? Yeah, I did a little uh, homework on it. Um, really been digging into it probably for the last week or so. Okay. And it looks like um, it looks like the um, uh, the impact is really going to be felt more in the the Chinese economy than the financial markets themselves. So right now we've got this kind of uh, panic move yesterday where we saw some selling for the first time in a while, but it doesn't seem like uh, any of our data necessarily has spurred it. The U.S. situation is seemingly pretty stable still, right? Yeah, I think the uh, trend in uh, U.S. growth appears to be higher. Good, uh, strong retail sales this morning. Uh, a little bounce back in uh, consumer confidence last week. Uh, so that, you know, signals uh, some more growth ahead. So we do see uh, PMIs uh, rising pretty consistently through the end of this year and then uh, uh, and then peaking probably early in the first quarter of next year and then probably some uh, more of a downtrend in growth in mid-2022. Jack, uh, what about uh, the this fiscal and the stimulus side of the equation here? How do we know what labels to put on growth expectations? How do we even know what handles of numbers to put on when there's $5 trillion that may or may not get injected into the economy? Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, it is a, certainly a wild card and one that appears to be fading pretty quickly. Uh, but the fact is that, you know, that we have to keep in mind that the stimulus is, is going to be spread out over 10 years and the tax offset will start impacting us next year. So, you know, I would say from an from an investment point of view, I'd view, um, you know, any massive, uh, 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 you know, progress on, on the uh, infrastructure and the human infrastructure side is more of a net negative for investing. Interesting. Now, uh, when we're looking, Jack, at how China plays into this and all these different variables, even if the particular real estate risk or the development fallout from Evergrande can be contained to a financial or an economic Chinese problem, what about the overall market? I mean, China's stock market is down 30 percent, second biggest economy in the world. A lot of investors have positions in these Chinese businesses. There's a lot of similarities between our tech giants, their tech giants. Should we be thinking more kind of big picture, maybe not one particular company, but what does it mean that their entire market has been unraveling? Can we stay disconnected forever? Um, I'm not sure we can stay disconnected forever, Oliver. I mean, the fact is that you're right. Uh, China is the uh, world's second largest economy and over the past decade or so has really been a nice engine of growth for the world. Uh, that turned around earlier this year as President Xi and uh, Beijing's policies toward, you know, more communist socialist policies against the uh, income inequality that's associated with capitalism uh, starting to take hold. In fact, if you look at Evergrande as an example, it's almost a poster child of what Pre President Xi does not want. They don't want uh, speculation in real estate. In fact, part of the reason why Evergrande's in the condition that it's in because um, Beijing has really tamped down uh, uh, 
property prices. The other thing is the CEO of Evergrande over the last decade or so has really recapitalized the company with debt to take out equity to make himself a billionaire. Again, something that runs against the grain of the party nowadays. So I do expect there will be a restructuring. I think that it will be, it isn't a Lehman necessarily, it's more of a, uh, a long-term capital management, but the tentacles uh, mm. of Grand it really is mostly extended within the country and some of the banks. The, uh, Beijing has warned the banks to try to um, distance itself from the company. And then outside the, co uh, the country, yes, Evergrande is one of the biggest issuers of dollar bonds. Uh, most of those bonds, about, uh, they're about 120 billion or so of bonds outstanding outside of China in the dollar denominated. Uh, about 400 million of it is owned by BlackRock in a series of funds that they own. So I think mm. a lot of the blowback will be, you know, pretty much, I'll call it democratized into smaller pieces. Interesting. And right now we got a little bit of uh, softness in some of the high yield parts of the market. Yesterday we got a little bit of a dent in credit, but overall the word you use to describe it is sanguine, the credit market still. That's it. In fact, that's really my indicator, uh, Oliver, to stay risk on or risk off. Um, credit has been a, a great um, uh, forward-looking indicator uh, on risk-taking. If you go back to the financial crisis, credit deteriorated and broke out, broke down, I should say, in the fourth quarter of 2007, nearly four quarters uh, before the you know, financial crisis really impacted the stock market. And that's what I expect this time around, at least if we look for a normal business cycle. Right now, credit conditions are still pretty powerful. We've got the triple B bond yield still trading below its 200-day moving average. If I see that break up 10% above its 200-day moving average, that's a risk-off condition, and we would move out of equities into cash. Hmm. Uh, so, Jack, uh, yesterday, one of the other things uh, I was thinking about is what type of stock market deterioration would uh, become a factor in the Fed's decision-making as we think about uh, the kind of feedback loop, the stock market and the economy. It's uh, probably, or might be rather, premature to think about such things as we're only less than 5% off the highs. But let's just say that at this really important juncture where the Fed is deciding whether or not they want to reverse a very long-standing policy and trend, if the market starts to peel back, uh, where do you think then that kind of circular effect comes into play. How far down do stocks go uh, before it starts affecting potentially the path for the Fed and the overall economy? Yeah, that's a fantastic question because you're right. I mean, over the last several decades, the Fed has stepped in with the you know the Powell put um, exactly and every chair person before before him put um and you know they really don't have much ammunition left besides you know ta uh, uh extending the taper and you know extending the rate hikes uh, i i think that the the fed can um you know tolerate certainly uh, you know a 10 percent pullback even uh, probably more than a 10 percent pullback if they feel that the wealth effect associated with it will not impact uh the economy in general I think all in all, you know, they realize that, you know, they've kept interest rates below fair value for a long time. That's really pushed uh, valuations, probably extended valuations uh, a little bit more than they should in both financial assets and housing. Uh, so I think they wouldn't mind seeing that cool off a little. 
Um, but you're right. I don't think they can withstand a 20% pullback uh, and keep tightening. 